0: So today, this morning, I'm so grateful to be with you all. God is so good. Yes, he is. I'm so grateful for you in the house. You used to say it's the same you used to say in the old church. Um, and if I say it and you don't know what I mean, I'm gonna indoctrinate you today. God is good. All the All right, and all the time. I love it. If you didn't know that before, you know it now. So if I stop in the middle of my sermon and say, God is good. All time. And All the time. God is good. Amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. When we used to have the old church, we used to tear that up. (laughs) We used to be in over that. Amen. God is good, but He is good. And I'm so grateful today. We've been talking for a few weeks, and I'm going to bring everybody up to speed here, on the grace of God. And we've been talking about how God's saving comes through Jesus Christ. And today I'm just going to spend a few minutes. I'm not going to hold you too long. But I'm going to spend a few minutes here talking about grace and God's grace towards us you know, the funny thing about grace is that the reason why it's so hard to get a hold of is because it's got less to do with you and all to do with him and that's the thing about grace that you we can't tra- we try to substitute other things for grace we think that if we dress a particular way that gives us grace that's not what grace is though we think if we are good to our neighbor that will give us grace but that's not what grace is grace by its real definition is The unmerited Undeserved Favor of God That's like having somebody who's just your friend Not because you're their friend But just because that's what they want to do Imagine somebody who Pays for your mortgage Oh God that would be great Imagine somebody who pays your bills Imagine somebody who Every month you don't even look at What is due, what comes through the mail Because somebody's taking care of it For you and the only thing you had to do was say, yes. That's what grace is. God doing stuff for you that you didn't work for. God working things out for you, even though you don't deserve it. God moving on your behalf, even though you have done nothing to, up to obtain this mercy and grace. So when you hear me repeat the word grace over and over again, what I'm going to be saying in this scripture is God doing something you didn't deserve. Yes. So whenever you hear me, the scripture talk about it, and then I've got lots of scriptures. But when you read these, yes. read these scriptures, every time you see, hear me say, Grace, God's doing something for me and I didn't do anything to get it. Yes. Like I've done nothing to deserve it. Yes. Hallelujah, glory to God. The first scripture I want to read to you. If you have your word, turn to it. If you're not, I will read it to you. It's in Romans chapter 5 verses 18 through 21 Romans 5:18 through 21 Romans chapter 5:18 through 21 Therefore thank you Lord Jesus. Therefore as by the offense of one judgment came on all men to condemnation even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men to justification of life. This is Romans chapter 5 and verse 18. And so what this is I'm going to break these verses down. I'm reading King James version so I'm going to be nice and slow and break this out. It says in the beginning Adam was there representing all of mankind and he messed up. He offended. And because of his one offense everybody inherited it. Everybody got what Adam gave us and that was offense. And that was condemnation. Everybody who came after you, I don't care where you're from, you all come from Adam. It doesn't matter what you look like today, Adam was our forebear. Every single one of us is from Adam. So the scripture is telling here and reminding us that because of his offense, we all give offense. As soon as you were born, you're giving offense. Your very experience and life is giving offense. But he also goes on to say, This, much more, sorry, verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification and life. This scripture is trying to make sure you're assured, even though that sounds like bad news, we've all got this inheritance of condemnation. The countervailing good news is that one man fixed it. One man broke it. And one man fixed it. (laughs) Now, you can focus on the one man that broke it, but this morning I wanna be focused on the man that fixed it. Like you can, we can talk about my defects all day, I don't care, you can tell about me, you can talk about me, you can talk about the things I'm not good at, the things I struggle with, The things I I can't get my head around in this salvation. But the one thing you can't mess about for me because it's not mine, is God's grace towards me. You see, if his grace relied on me, then you could see, ah, that's where he messed up. But my grace isn't about me. It's about him. Amen? Let's go verse 18 therefore, as by the offense, one judgment came upon all. One person messed up in the garden. We can read that in Genesis chapter 3. We were reading that last week. Uh, Adam was in the garden. He wasn't supposed to eat of that fruit. Eve ate gave it to Adam, right? What was their response? Let's go hide. What was that? I am breaking relationship with God and getting away because I've messed up. This is the first Adam. He says, I've got to get out of his presence. That was the problem. This problem inside man created this situation where we wanted to get out of the presence of God. And this whole journey from Adam to Jesus is about Jesus saying, I want you in my presence and I'm gonna do everything I can to get you in my presence. So what does he do to get us in his presence? What does he have to do? What does he force to do? Is that he sends his only begotten son. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <sighs> And where the first Adam messed up, the second Adam's going to make it good. <laughs> Let's look at this. Verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So if I was messed up by one man's disobedience, the scripture is saying, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So the Lord Jesus is coming in, and because he's right, he's going to buy simple uh, geographic approximation to me, he's gonna make me right. (laughs) If my approximate, now I'm I'm so far removed from Adam, the saying goes, I don't know him from Adam. That's somebody trying to tell you, I don't know, I can't recognize that person if I tried. I don't know what Adam looks like, no idea. (laughs) But Jesus is closer to me than Adam. Why? because I am baptized now in his name, yes. I've taken on everything that is him. Yes. You, you, you see that? Yes. Verse 20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. It's an interesting verse. The law entered and the offense grew. How, how does it work? Here the thing about it is, if you've been going down a street and you didn't know what the speed limit is, and you've been going down at 45 miles per hour this whole time one week they decide to put up a a a speed limit sign and you've realized ah, it was 25 this whole time now what most of us tend to do is go five over ah, they're not going to bother me if i go five over that's the calculation we make in our mind right i'm just gonna uh, it's a seven if i'm feeling a little bit daring and I've got a long distance to go I'm going to just go 7 miles per hour over no one will know we caused the offence now we've seen the sign we were bad before now we're doing it on purpose the law, the sign let us know how bad we were and we said ah yeah I was bad but I'm just going to be 7 bad over now I was awful before but I'm just going to go 7 over now the Lord just said how bad you were the law didn't help me The Lord just told me how bad I was. I'm a seven-over kind of bad. Minister Flag's a ten-over kind of bad. He drives too fast. (laughs) Amen. But that's the nature of us. We kind of go over the speed limit. We kind of know where the mark's supposed to be in Let's Take a little step over. And that's how we do. Amen. Let's keep going here. Verse 21. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might, here we go, grace. We got to the word I was defining earlier, grace. That's the word I was defining. What do we say about grace? Grace is the favor of God that we didn't deserve. So as sin hath raised, reigned unto death, sin gave us death. What does grace do? Grace through righteousness. Un, that even so might grace reign through righteousness unto life by Jesus Christ our Lord so now we're seeing that while sin creates death grace of God produces life and righteousness so yeah I was was offending God the whole time but the scripture tells me that grace provided for me the righteousness I needed when Adam was confronted by God and God says to him where art thou Who told you you're naked? All he could do was assign blame to what was given to him. Let me, he's saying, oh, it was the woman. The woman said, oh, it's the snake. Everybody's got a reason for what they're doing. The truth is, if they wanted to find grace, they could have found it in the garden, but the first Adam didn't know how to get grace. Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ who comes and gives us grace through the cross. I'm so grateful for this salvation. Let me go look at 1 Timothy, if you could help me find that. 1 Timothy chapter one, verses 14 to 17. 1 Timothy is is an amazing scripture. Paul is writing to Timothy, his mentee. He's one of the people who who he's training up to be a minister of the gospel. And he's preaching to him and telling him about uh, this nature of grace. And I just want to use because he uses some words to describe grace and the characteristics of grace that are important. And I just want to land on that here really quickly. First Timothy four, one. Now through fourteen.
1: The Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times.
0: Sorry, First Timothy one. Excuse me, fourteen, verse fourteen.
1: And yes. The grace, of our Lord the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant.
0: Was exceeding abundant. With
1: faith.
0: <laughs> Let's look at this. It was exceeding the grace, the favor, the un- undeserved favor of God towards you yes, wasn't just in small amounts. That's right. All right. That's <laughs> that the truth is we needed every scrap of grace we could get. Amen. And the Lord is assuring Timothy through this letter. He's saying the grace we receive isn't sparing, isn't about to run out, isn't low on reserves, but is exceeding and abundant. The favor of God is greater than what you have been through. The favor of God is greater than what you're going through. The favor of God is greater than what you're heading towards. The favor of God is greater. It is exceeding. It is abundant. That means there's surplus. We've got way more than we need. <laughs> you're, you're, you're beating yourself up, and you should, over going wrong, but the Lord's saying, my grace is exceeding. <laughs> abundant. We now know what the supply chain looks like. You know what happened during the COVID pandemic? You couldn't find anything you wanted. Supply chain was all messed up. They said they weren't delivering. They said they weren't manufacturing. They said you couldn't find it in the stores. You couldn't find it on Amazon. You couldn't find it on eBay. Whatever you were looking for, short supply. You know what supply chain looks like. We all found out what supply chain was during the COVID pandemic. (laughs) What the Lord is saying here, there's no supply chain issues. There's no constraint on the supply. We've got all we need, now you've just gotta be committed. Just keep moving forward, there's grace for you. (laughs) This is not gonna be about supply. This is gonna be about demand. This is gonna be about what you want, rather than what he gives. He said, I've got plenty. In fact, I've got so much, I'm giving it away for free. That's what grace of God looks like. I've got so much, it's free. You can't bite. <laughs> Amen, thank you Lord Jesus. Keep reading, sir. And the
1: grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ. Look
0: at how he's wrapped up grace. The gift of grace he's given, he's not wrapped it up in spite. He doesn't hate you because you, he need, you'll need his grace. He's wrapped it up in faith and love. You know how you get gifts sometimes and people don't want to give you the gift? Right. Like, here, take it. I don't even want to give it to you anyway. I'm like, I don't, even, I don't even, I need it and I don't even want it, right? Because of the way you handed it to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, you took away my dignity. The Lord's not doing that to us. You, he's handing you the gift you. of grace yes. and he's wrapping it in love. Yes. Oh, I love you so much that I'm wrapping the gift I'm giving you in love and I'm, I'm, I love you so much that I don't want you to feel bad about needing the help to get over what you're going through. I love the Lord so much. Oh, what kind of God we're serving here. I love him so much. He said, I don't really want you to feel bad. Here's the gift of grace. Here's some love. Here's some faith. Hallelujah. Great. Our God is great.
1: Let's go to the next verse. This is verse 15. Yeah. Faithful saying. Yes. And worthy of all acceptance. Yes that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am (laughs) chief.
0: Paul is saying to Timothy, his person who is training in the gospel, if you get nothing else from what I say I need you to understand this, Jesus came to save sinners, that's it. Like that's the message. If you want to do a summary of this whole thing, Jesus came to save you and he's got grace. Love and faith wrapped it around it and is giving it to you. How does he know this? Paul knows this for a good reason. He realizes this because he sees himself as the worst person. Why was he the worst? Paul was one of the ones responsible for hunting the early church. He displaced them, he pushed them away, he caused them to start running out of Jerusalem. They were frightened of him, they were scared of him, and he's convinced that there's enough grace, the person who killed the church, he's convinced that there's enough grace for him. Like, if there's enough for Paul, there must be enough for me. If the supply is so good, if it's that abundant, glory to God. You see what I love about grace? This favor that God gives us. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. Uh, Let's keep reading there.
1: This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit of this cause I obtained mercy.
0: This is how, this is Paul saying, this is exactly how I obtained mercy. I didn't get mercy first, I had to get grace first. (laughs) There's a distinction here. Mercy, you can have mercy on somebody, but usually you're weighing up whether they deserve it. Like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give you a chance this time because you were nice to me last week. I'm gonna give you a bit of mercy. Grace says, you don't even have to have been nice to me last week. I'm gonna give you grace now. So grace pulls you towards mercy, then all of a sudden you start getting the benefits of his mercy, amen? Grace goes where mercy cannot go. Like grace doesn't care about what it looks like when it gets there. Mercy has to weigh it up. Mercy tries to think about if You deserve it. Grace says, I couldn't care less. Come on. Grace says, I know it's bad, but I'm going to make it good. You see that? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, the grace of God, exceeding abundant. Let's keep going, sir. Yes. Paul knows that this is the reason why he obtained mercy, because he got grace first. Thank you, Jesus, that what?
1: That in me, first Christ, Jesus Christ, might show forth all longsuffering. If
0: anybody needed some longsuffering, some take your time with me, I'm just starting to get this. It was Paul. Man, Paul needed, and you trying to tell me you're as bad as Paul, I don't believe it. Because if you were, you would be in jail right now. <laughs> and even if you were, God's grace is exceeding and abundant. I want to tell you something that, that it's maybe a little secret I need to let you in on. My grace doesn't equal God's grace. Don't you worry about what I'm thinking. <laughs> Even if I can't see through the grace of God, His grace is exceeding and abundant. You can wear out my grace like in minutes. Like my grace isn't even that good a quality. The supply chain definitely is messed up on my grace. My grace has been supply chain constrained for years, but God's grace exceedingly, abundantly Hallelujah! That's the nature of His grace. I'm, my grace comes in in annoyance, wrapped in annoyance. My grace comes in frustration. His grace is wrapped in love and faith. That's where I love His grace. Hallelujah! Let's keep reading here.
1: How be it for this yes. Call to obtain mercy, that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a Patron to them which should pardon, believe unto him into everlasting life.
0: If you believe on him, that's all you've got to do to get his free grace. You don't have to pay for it, don't have to build yourself up, don't have to work it out first. You don't have to get the, I'm going to get my situation cleaned up. That's you relying on you. What did we say grace was? His grace. All about him. If you're saying to yourself, I'm just going to fix this one thing about my character, then I'm going to accept the grace of God. You're doing it in the wrong order. You accept His grace because that's the free thing. That's the thing that won't perish. That's the thing that won't run out, is the grace of God. Look, let's go to, really quickly, let's go to Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. I want to just show you something about the nature of God's presence with man. We talked about this last week but please be patient as I just lay this out. I'm almost done. Genesis chapter 3. Um, let's find verse 8, sir.
1: And yes. they heard the voice of the Lord. Yes, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So
0: they hear the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. They've already committed that sin. That they've ate the fruit. They've already they've messed up. They've already done the thing that was wrong, right? And now they hear the voice of the Lord coming. They would re- meet regularly, daily. And the Lord would meet them in the cool of the day in the garden. And they would have relationship with the God. Yep. That's the reason why we're all here. He created this beautiful jewel of a planet. And put us right in the middle of the most beautiful garden. And wanted simple relationship with us. Yes. And the thing that happens when sin got in. Is that we try to get away from the relationship. Let's keep reading here. So what does Adam
1: do after he after sins? And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. They've
0: deliberately removed themselves from the presence of God. Yes. And look at what God's response is. Let's keep going. And the Lord
1: God called unto Adam.
0: So he calls out to Adam. Who is initiating the call of the lost? Yes. Not us. Him. Yes. He's already exhibiting the grace we know he has. Yes. This is an attribute or a character of God is his grace. Yes. He can't dismiss his grace the same way you can't dismiss a part of you. It's just who you are. So he approaches them and calls out. Let's keep reading. And
1: the Lord God said, called unto Adam and said unto him, where are thou?
0: Where are you? Knowing all things and you're asking, where are you? Is not about the question being answered, but about you thinking about it. This morning, I want you to ask, where am I? Like, where am I? Am I in grace with the Lord? Am I in fellowship with Him? Let's keep going.
1: And he said, verse 10, I heard the voice in the garden and I was afraid.
0: What does sin do then? Sin makes us fearful to be in His presence because His presence is light, holy, and righteous. The only way we can stand in His presence is with His grace. Let's just move really quickly. I want to move really quickly Exodus chapter 33 verse 13 So now you see why we broke relationship with God But mankind the, the right people have been seeking to get back in his presence Let's go to Exodus thirty-three, thirteen, just to kind of set the stage This is the moment where Moses is got the Ten Commandments from the Lord And he's been asked to lead the people to the promised land And because he's doing this, the Lord says, I'll do anything for you right now. And this is Moses' response.
1: Now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider the nation is thy people. The
0: very opposite of what happened in the garden, Moses is trying to correct. I'm out of your presence in the garden. And Moses is saying, show me. Let me get closer to you. Like if you're going to be this kind of God, let me get closer to you. Right? This is what he's saying here. Keep reading.
1: And he said, verse 14, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest.
0: Yes, keep going.
1: And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. So he's
0: basically saying here, if you're not going to go with us, I don't want to go. He wants the garden experience again. He wants God to be with us right here. Like Moses gets it. He understands that if he can't get the presence of God, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> it almost makes me wonder if Moses was in the garden, if we'd had a better time. Because Moses would have said, I'm not leaving. There's no way I'm leaving. If you're going to kick me out, we've got to fix this now. But we were dealing with the first Adam. Let's keep going.
1: For there wherein yep. shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Yes. Is it not in that thou goest with us, so shall we separated, and I, my people, from all the people that upon the face of the earth. Let's
0: go to verse 17. This is where I wanted to get.
1: And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also.
0: You, you ask me, God is saying to say Moses, you, I'll do one thing for you. Just ask me and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Just, just ask me this one thing. Go ahead.
1: And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also which thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name.
0: And the next verse says... And this is what Moses, if, you're gonna, if I can do anything, this is what I want.
1: And he said, yes. I besiege thee, yes. show me thy glory.
0: Show me your glory. Let me see you. Let me see who you are. Let me experience it. This is next level because I, I'm trying to think, you know who I am. You recognize me. You see me. You see my height. You see my weight. <laughs> You see the skin color, you see the smile, you see the lack of hair, you see the smile, you see everything, right? And you know me, right? But, but you also know that if I was on the moon, that ain't gonna be me, that's something else. Like my location tells me something about me too. Like I'm in Columbia, you don't expect to see me in Antarctica because I'm from this area, right? Everything, Moses is saying, Lord, I wanna see who you are. Are you big, are you, what are you, what color are you? How can I understand who God is through seeing him? But he wants close relationship with God. God is greater than my vision. Like, I only see a little bit of light, spectrum of light. My eyes aren't even that good, right? How do I know? But he wants to experience who God is. Almost like the garden again. Like, let me see who you are. But there's a problem. Let's keep going.
1: Verse 19, and he said, I will make all thy goodness pass before thee and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy.
0: And this is what the Lord is saying. Oh, I'm gonna do it, but I have to do it through grace. I'm gonna show you who I am. I'm gonna have close relationship to you, but I have to do it with grace. I have to do it with favor that only I have. You're not gonna be good enough to stand in my presence but my grace is going to be there so you can stand in my presence. Let's keep going.
1: And he said, thou cannot see my face. Uh,
0: There's nothing we can do about this front part. We can't let you see my face. But I'm going to work this out for you. Let's keep going. For there shall
1: no man see me and live. Right. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me. Yes. And thou shalt stand upon a rock.
0: And you shall stand on a rock. Let's keep going.
1: shall come to pass and it shall come to pass, while my glory passed by i will put thee in a so
0: the only way i can show my grace to you and fulfill your request as if i hide you in a very particular place in a in a rock so the reason why we can show grace to god can show grace to moses in this situation is because of the the rock the rock in the presence of god allows Moses to be in his presence. You see, there's something about the nature of his grace. Uh, We were in the same situation as Moses. Can't get into his presence, we're not good enough. Can't get into his presence because we are sinners. Can't get into presence because we've done all this wrong. But the Lord said, I'm gonna get you, my people into my presence. But I'm gonna have to first give you a rock. This is the rock, the stone, that the builders rejected.
1: Hallelujah.
0: You might not be able to get into presence by yourself, but the grace of God through Jesus Christ, which is the rock that is higher than I. Hallelujah. I am in the presence of God because Jesus has allowed it through His grace. Hallelujah. I hope you get what I'm saying here. (laughs) Moses was able to get in the presence because he was in the cliff of the rock something had to be there to fix what the problem is this was a temporary solution this was a temporary rock until the rock comes until the rock which is Jesus comes the scripture says I can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy why because of the rock that is higher than I it is Jesus that is our rock The scripture describes him in St. John chapter one as full of grace and truth. He's full of undeserved favor for you. He's full of it. He has all the grace and mercy you could ever need. Today I am grateful for the mercy of God. I'm grateful for the grace of God. Today I do give thanks for the love of God that has shown to us. Hallelujah, I'm so grateful. Today, If there's anybody who hears his voice, I just want to let this open. If anybody's heard his voice and needs introduction to Jesus, come speak to me afterward. I would love to introduce you to this man, Jesus. It is my duty and honor. You know, hand over to our minister. Praise him. Bless me in the name of the Lord Jesus.